to another edition of the Standard Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standing, and I cover the Washington football team for The Athletic, which means I'm talking about, oh boy, what an absolutely debacle of a performance by the Washington football team. 56-14 loss at Dallas on Sunday night. It's not even that they lost that bad on a football perspective. It's that they just looked like an absolute train wreck on the field, off the field, then we see John Allen and Deron Payne throwing a punch. Uh, or D- John Allen throwing a punch at Deron Payne after Payne kind of got in his face. It was a meltdown galore. Going to get into all that and more. I just had a conversation a few minutes ago with a great guest, our, our friend Dan Halley, of course, the former longtime NBC4 uh, uh, sports anchor here in Washington, D.C. Went to the NFL Network, now does things for DirecTV. NFL coverage for DirecTV, and he also has the great Helipod, a really fun podcast I, I recommend people checking out. Uh, Dan was um, uh, kind enough to talk to me. He's a West Coaster now, so he was up late, wasn't as late for the rest of or wasn't nearly as late as it was for the rest of us here, uh, and so Dan and I talked. We got into everything I think you guys want to hear. Uh, what on earth happened in this game? What do we make of not so much that Allen and Payne were getting at it, but like, what does it say about where the mindset of this team is right now? John Allen, of all people, the team's nominee for the Walter Payton Man of the Year award, getting involved like that, says something about how everybody's being pushed right now, I think, mentally and physically over there. They've been dealing with the COVID outbreak, injuries. This is now their third straight loss. Effectively, they're, they're knocked out of the playoffs, not mathematically, but effectively. So it felt like they were due for a meltdown, meltdown they did so dan and i get into all that uh and of course if you want to hear this podcast at any time make sure you subscribe you can do that on itunes or spotify or listen on the athletic app or anywhere else you do your podcasting speaking of the athletic of course i've got a, a post-game story up by the time you hear this it will be on uh on the website and you can check out all our stuff i will mention if you still have been debating subscribing there is another sale up at base i think it's basically two uh two bucks a month for the next two years. If you go click on my article, you should see the deal there. That would be great. Um, anyway, I want to step on my conversation with Dan too much. We had a fun fun talk. It's late here. Uh, Ron Rivera will talk tomorrow. We'll get more sense from him about what happened in this absolute train wreck of a loss that was just a mess on all th- in all three phases. I don't even think there's too much to point to from a positive perspective. I'm going to have to go back and look at the tape maybe there's an individual player or moment or two here or there but by and large just a train wreck and look they're missing players uh, there's a lot going wrong with this team there's also whatever the emotional toll that some of these players or emotional impact that some of these guys are kind of dealing with from the news of uh, uh, on uh, Thursday night going into Friday that DeShazer Everett was the driver in a fatal car accident uh, in which the passenger died i suspect we'll hear more about that situation this week but nonetheless um that only just happened a couple days ago on top of everything else this team's been dealing with it's a lot but this is part of the gig a lot of nfl teams are going through a lot of things in different ways washington just came out completely um i wouldn't say flat but they just were completely disorganized and there's a lot of factors to that they're missing players all that stuff but an absolute mess of a, of a performance, to say the least. So anyway, Dan Helley and I, we're going to get into that right now. We talked about all the things I think you guys want to hear about. Let's do that right now. Myself, Dan Helley, 
here on the Standard Room Only podcast. All right, joining the podcast as promised. Uh, you know him, you love him. Former longtime voice uh, at, here locally at, at NBC4. Now does a ton of great stuff for uh, DirecTV. He covers the UFC. And of course, he's got the Heli pod. He is uh, the great Dan Heli. Dan, I appreciate the, the, the time. And you never know when we do these things, we're, what kind of game we're going to have to cover. <laughs> I, I thought Dallas might win. I thought they might win big. I wasn't thinking that. No, uh, I wasn't either. Um, and, uh, you know, now that I no longer work for NFL Network, I'm allowed to put a wager or two in on some of these games. And I, I teased the over under up in this one and took the under, not a wise bet um, on my part. That was um, well, Washington held up their end on that with only 14 points. Y- yeah. And I thought, I thought that uh, that could save me, but no, man, it was just, it, I, I didn't, I've tried to get away from live tweeting, Ben, because so many people do it during the course of the games. And I think I sent two out tonight, you know, just one, just that it was a debacle and two that I wouldn't be surprised if the uh, Washington football team announced the name change at halftime, just to take some of the attention (laughs) off how poor the performance was tonight, but it was gross. It really was. It was disgusting. Um, The sideline stuff. I get it. It happens. I heard Deron's pain of Deron Payne's post-game press conference where he said, Hey man, it's just two brothers, you know, getting into a fight, no big deal. It is a big deal when it happens during a game in the national football league on the sideline, whether it's two coaches or two players or two trainers, whatever it is, it it can't happen. And I, I I get it. I get what Ron Rivera said in his post-game presser as well, saying that, Hey, this is real life stuff we're dealing with. You know, we have a teammate who's going through some things. Well, it's awful. It's awful what happened with DeShazer Everett. Uh, but listen, every single team, whether it's COVID related, whether it's something we don't know about, whether it's something on the field, whether it's real life injuries is going through something right now. Um, it's a difficult time. And this was, uh, this was the worst beating at the hands of the Dallas Cowboys in, in Washington football team history. It was, it was bad. Yeah, it was really terrible. I mean, and you know, from the football perspective, the way it's kind of been it was last week at Philly too. It's like, it's almost hard to discuss the football because there's been so many other issues yeah. going on. I mean, yes, the COVID list, which is at one point was had 20, you know, at different points at 26 people on it is down to five. Although even that includes some notables and Brandon Sheriff and Cole Holcomb, but you still have a bunch of injuries. Landon Collins goes on IR, but it is a very much of a patchwork team. And frankly, it feels like it's been this way for two years under, under Rivera, which isn't to say it is his fault in that regard. I'm just meaning that between injuries and you had, you know, last year you had the Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins stuff, not to mention the two years of, of the COVID, uh, you know, Ron Rivera's own personal journey uh, w- w- with cancer last year. Uh, what's, you know, earlier this year, they go two and six after last year, starting two and uh, two and seven, there's always something. And they've been remarkable to stay afloat and to stay cohesive and to stay together. But to me, it seemed like this was due to happen. And I think Ron Rivera effectively kind of alluded to that when, as you sort of said, he, you know, he mentioned there's some real life shit just to read a part of this quote that he, that he talked about as to kind of why he was asked essentially why did Jonathan Allen, Jerron Payne, brouhaha fight. I don't know what you call it. Punt the, uh, I mean, assuming people here saw this, <laughs> I don't know. You, you, you're the, you're the combat guy. So maybe you should describe it, but I mean, basically Deron Payne and John Allen are on the bench. And 
And for, by the way, first of all, Dan, like, I don't know what you were thinking. The camera shows, the camera comes in, they're going to show us something. I'm like, okay, right. well, what are we going to see? The, uh, somebody getting mad and yelling. And then Deron Payne sticks his finger, po- pokes John Allen in the face. John Allen, as a reasonable person would say, screw you, gets up and throws a punch. Mind, as we know here, these guys were teammates in college. They've been teammates here throughout the NFL. They're real friends. This isn't, you know, and so to see that was like, wow, this is really a rock bottom moment. So I'll get to the Rivera quote in a second, but that's kind of what we're we're talking about here. Like it, that was so shocking to me, not to see even a teammate throw a punch at a teammate, but those two guys in that moment, was like, wow, this not really, just those you know, two guys, Ben. And by the way, anybody who's listening to this podcast saw that moment, right? Because they're they're huge <laughs> right. Washington sports fans, so there's no doubt about that. But not just those two guys, but that guy, Jonathan Allen, who's the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award nominee for the Washington football team, who's perhaps the most respected player on this football team, who's the guy who's going to the Pro Bowl for the first time, which I think is overdue. But for tempers to boil over like they did, and he was the one who took the punch, tells you kind of where the temperature of this football team is right now. Okay, because it's not just those guys. I think that's everything. And it did boil over, and I'm sure – and by the way, credit to the PR staff on Washington for making Deron Payne available after the game. I don't know if if John Allen talked, but – He's they, talking he like, did. yeah, he did. Yeah. And and credit credit to them to making those guys available because um, a lot of teams wouldn't have done that. But um, yeah, it's that's that's people are gonna be talking as much about the sideline incident on a national level uh as they are about the result of the football game, and it's an indictment on everybody involved in the organization. And maybe that's not fair, but that's the way it is right now. Yeah, no, perception is reality, and the perception of the national the, the you know people nationally view, who you view Washington as a people on a, their fantasy lineup or the occasional highlights are not watching the story week to week are going to see that and think oh well of course this is dysfunction this this franchise is dysfunctional under Dan Snyder of course this is what's happening why would you expect anything less when we know okay this is this is not necessarily related to any of that stuff but as I said I think there's just been a lot building up and Rivera alluded to it and then you mentioned the the Shazer Everett uh being a driver in a fatal accident this weekend he he's got his he's got injuries uh there were teammates uh espn reported that a couple of his teammates including jamin davis were in the car behind them jamin davis did not play today ron rivera or the team said i should say that uh they thought he may have he had covid like symptoms rivera mm-hmm. said post game he did not so who knows where that is or where his head's at but anyway rivera said i'll just go through this quickly uh quote you know it's uh, it's human nature. These guys are more than just robots. These guys have feelings. These are players. These are people. They got a teammate going through something right now. It's tough. That, that, that it's harder than them. That's not normal shit. That's real life shit. And that's what they're dealing with. These are young men. who are just trying to help them along the way to, to your point. You're right. I mean, look, real life happens every day to everybody all, all over the place. Us, the, the players, people around the league. It's a real thing. Now this just happened at the Chaser everything just happened. Uh, Thursday night for, into you know Friday morning so to a degree I guess they're still dealing with that emotionally and I get that but I think on some level the combination of that happening on the heels of this COVID outbreak on the heels right. of now they, they went from winning four in a row to their playoff hopes starting to fade away and now they're basically uh, over with um, you know all the injuries piling up and the, the level of frustration I think really was building up to the point that led to 
all this happened, including, as you're saying, this guy, Jonathan Allen, you know, who is, I really think was the emotional leader of this team during the four game winning streak for him to be the guy to, to get so frustrated there to throw the punch after getting poked by Jerome Payne, I think does say a lot to kind of how things have just been kind of building up here. Yeah. And listen, with the COVID situation, a lot of teams have been hit harder than others, right? Obviously Washington with 26 players on the list at one point um, were hit, hit really hard, but I, I point to, I point to the Buccaneers and yes, you have Tom Brady at quarterback. So that's that they are automatically two or three levels above most other teams in the national football league because of that, but playing without Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette, uh, Levante, David, JPP, Antoine Winfield. And by the way, Shaq Barrett, one of their better defensive players was injured uh, about midway through the game. Absolutely trounced Ron Rivera's old team. Okay. So that's, you're talking six, seven, eight starters. Okay. Most of them Pro Bowl caliber starters, and they went out there and beat Carolina 32 to six. So it can be done. Look at what the Colts did uh, against the Cardinals a couple of days ago with a makeshift offensive line and without several players who were normal contributors. It, it, It can be done. So that's, I just, I don't think you can use that as an excuse. It's been a tough couple of weeks. Um, but it's been a tough couple of weeks for everybody in the National Football League. Yeah, without, without, without a question. You know, it's funny. You know, you go back to the beginning of the year. They go two and two in their first four games, and they were really – they were a stupid Giants offside penalty away and Taylor Heineke having some final-minute heroics against Atlanta from being 0-4. And, and then because, you know, because they were able to do that, yes, they lost the next four, but then they rallied. It, th- there was – I mean, I would re- re- wrote them off at two and six, but – the season could have gone very sideways, very quick at 0 and 4. And I think on some level, I guess my point is on some level is like they have been fighting an up. They've been, I don't say fighting uphill as if they're, 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 they're having obstacles. Everybody has obstacles to your point. It's just, I don't know how good mm-hmm. they've been the whole year. Even when they had the four game winning streak, you can look at each of those games. Yeah. They beat Tampa or it's not dismissed that they beat a Carolina team with Cam Newton. Cam, Carolina has not won. They've been they're 0 and 5 with Cam Newton as their starting quarterback since. So they, they were kind of a mess. The, the next game, they, they beat Seattle. Uh, Seattle <laughs> just lost day to the Bears. They've been terrible pretty much all year. The next game, they go to the Raiders, beat the, a, a Raiders team, which isn't bad, but, you know, they had, you know, they obviously had the John Gruden situation, the Henry Ruggs situation. Those are two important players or important people to their situation. So they weren't completely right. So my point is, like, even when they've been winning, it's kind of like, eh. I don't know what's going on here. And I just feel like they, I guess I'm saying like to a degree, they've been kind of overachieving for over the last two years. And it kind of brings up the larger point is at best, they've just been incredibly mediocre for these two years under Rivera. You can just say for whatever the reason, we can come up with any excuse we want. It doesn't matter. As you're saying, you'd have to look at everybody's excuses. They've been mediocre at best. Tonight was obviously an utter disaster. And it does sort of lead to the bigger question of <laughs> what is this team? Like how, how how much of a setback did they actually take off of the momentum they had last year? It's a question we'll be doing all to all topsies on for a, a bit here now, but you know, uh, let me ask you, as you watch this, how much setback have this, has this team taken since the hope the, that that came at the end of last year? Well, I think the the biggest difference with what this team is now, as opposed to what we thought they would be prior to the season is obviously we thought this was, I think many thought this was the potentially a, a defense that could carry a team into the playoffs. And clearly it's not, obviously there have been some injuries. Chase young has not 
built on his rookie season. He got hurt. Uh, wasn't playing great at the time. Yeah, he was double teamed a lot, but he just he 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 wasn't producing like he was expected to produce. Now, what is he going to be when he comes back? The back end uh, hasn't played well. We knew, I think, going into the season that the linebackers were the weakest unit on the defense, and the the D line overall hasn't generated the pressure that we anticipated that they would. So, if you want to look at what we thought they would be and what they are now, it's disappointing on the defensive side of the ball and offensively. I don't know exactly what we thought this team was going to be. I, I think we did anticipate that Curtis Samuel was going to play more than 82 snaps, which is about what he's played. Uh, I thought you were just going to say you anticipated he would play. Right, which is incredibly uh, disheartening. You know, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't imagine what the offensive coaches, when they're trying to put a game plan together, you know, it's like Terry McLaurin and the Miracles, right? Um, I, I was never sold that Taylor Heineke had anything more than moxie. And I think that he has that in spades, right? I just, you're not going to be able to win football games on a consistent basis with, with Taylor Heineke. And I think they knew that. I think he was a, a Band-Aid when Fitz went down and they had to put him in there. Um, this is a below average football team. I, I don't know what we thought this team was going to be uh, going into the season, you know, if, if the defense didn't perform. In order to be a playoff caliber football team, th- this, this defense had to be great. And they haven't even been good, let alone great. So this is a, this is as close to a blank slate for a team that's not going to be picking in the top ten as you can find. That's yeah. that's what this team is. I mean, this you, you this is this is a piece of clay that you can mold into anything you want. You better find somebody that's going to be able to mold it because I, I don't. I don't love what they've been doing from a free agent standpoint. I don't love what they've been doing through the draft thus far. And to be honest, the clock is ticking. The clock is ticking on the front office. The clock is ticking on Ron Rivera. Um, you know, I, I, th- I think you have one more year to, uh, to get this going. Yeah. I mean, the, the, you know, again, we, we, we do the autopsy on the season, the free agency class and the draft class really disasters all, all the way or, or, around, at least on the, on the, on the bigger end stuff. I'm not saying the rook the draft picks can't become good players, but in terms of this year, almost none of them contributed in any really meaningful way. I think John Bates is probably the best rookie they've had. He's been fine, but he's a backup tight end. That's right. not a, that's not a thing. And obviously their main frontline phrase in the additions, Ryan Fitzpatrick, William Jackson, who didn't play tonight with a calf injury, and Curtis Samuel. I mean, you know, literally Fitzpatrick played less than two quarters. Samuel's barely played that uh so far and uh you know jackson's been better than late but he lately but he was terrible early um in in the year um you know what makes it even more painful ben after a game like tonight is you have to see you know a guy like micah parsons who by the way has performed uh i don't know 10 times better than anybody thought he would at this point right and then you have jamin davis who you don't even know what he is right now yes he's played gradually more as the season has gone on but there's no comparison between the two, right? One's in the conversation for defensive player of the year. And the other one, you know, you don't know if he's going to be able to be a consistent contributor on defense, even as a backup at this point. Uh, the other one has performed so uninspiring at the moment that if you say what's their offseason needs after quarterback, linebacker might be next after you spend a first round pick on a linebacker. Right. That can't happen, right? I mean, that's a, that, 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 that's a rough spot. Uh, to be in for sure. Last week, the Eagles run all over Washington. This week, it was Dak Prescott in the passing game, 389 yards passing. Uh, they were 10 of 15 third down. Uh, Washington 
only had 257 yards of total offense. Uh, Taylor Heineke stats for the second time in a row. Like, I thought his worst game as a starter this year was the last Dallas game. Now I have a new now, now there's a new low bar. <laughs> this was this was worse. Not, again, not all on him. The offensive line gave him no protection. And again, he was missing a bunch of guys. But the very first pass of the game, he throws a, he throws downfield to Terry McLaurin. Trayvon Diggs is there. Diggs is going back immediately on the off the snap. The ball needed to be outside where McLaurin was. Instead, it goes to, more towards the middle where Diggs was. Interception. Dallas immediately comes back and and goes to get a touchdown. And really, the game was kind of over from there. So Heineke, you know, first play of the game was really kind of a mess. And I guess if there's a silver lining out of any of this, well, there's two. One, uh, I think they have the ninth pick. If I saw now, right now, according to Tankathon, so they're heading in that direction. And two. Any notion from anybody, myself included, that Taylor Heineke could even be the stopgap guy, maybe if you draft a, um, you know, you draft a first round pick, even that is probably sailed at this point. I mean, maybe he's, if he's the number two and you draft the kid in the first round, maybe he is your week one starter in that nominal way. But like in any sense that he could be the guy, I, I think that that ship has at least sailed uh, a, a, as well. But what was your sense, I guess, tonight? for the game itself, what, what's that out to you as to why this was such a disaster? Well, first off, listen, Taylor Heineke completed seven passes in the three plus quarters that he was in there. And a lot of that was his fault. A lot of it wasn't, he was just under assault. The Cowboys were able to get home um, sending four guys and they, they couldn't block them, whether they sent four or five or e- even three. Um, they were constantly harassing Heineke um, and that first that first pass, I was screaming at the TV, and you hit the nail on the head, Ben. Give him a chance to make a play on the ball. He had no chance, McLaurin did, to make a play on the ball because Diggs had, first of all, it was great coverage by Diggs. He, he, I mean, he had inside position, and Terry didn't have a shot. I mean, he turns it around, and the ball's, like, in Diggs' hands. So – that was a, a miserable way to start the game. I, I just, the more I watch Heineke, the more I love his scrappiness. And listen, I hope he lasts for 15 years as a backup quarterback in the National Football League and makes a lot of money, but he's just not a starting NFL quarterback. Um, I, I still think that Kyle Allen actually uh, gives him a better chance to win on a consistent basis because he has, he has better tools. Um, I, you know, I agree. When, your best, when your best tool is your scrappiness and your moxie, um, you're, that's, that's not a starting caliber NFL quarterback. Um, you know, and there are other plays like, like just amazing individual effort plays that, that interception that Marcus Lawrence tips to himself and then tap dances down the sideline for a pick six, how many defense, how many men that size in the world can make a play that, that that's that athletic. So it wasn't so much, <clears throat> I got to a certain point where I wasn't just, upset about how terrible the Washington football team was playing, but I was marveling at how much was going right for the Cowboys and how much talent they had on both sides of the ball. This is a team that if they can, if they can get this going, if they really are, and I I know it's an overused phrase, but peaking at the right time, they're as good as anybody in the NFC right now. I mean, this is, this is a really good football team who at times has been underachieving. They're, you know, Zeke has wearing that big bulky knee brace and he's still making it happen. But you have, you have Tony Pollard. You, everybody's waiting for Zeke to kind of be the Zeke that he, you know, two or three years ago. I don't know that they need him to be that right now. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, they've got so many 
so many weapons. I mean, they you know there were they've got three you know stud receivers. Dalton Schultz is a legit um, tight end. They didn't even have Tyron Smith tonight. Their umpteen time Pro Bowl tackle and then yeah all the i mean this wasn't even a game that micah parsons was like i mean it wasn't the micah parsons game the way the the last one felt right. and yet still they had plenty uh to, to 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 deal with i had a story up on the athletic this week where i asked a bunch of um nfl pro personnel evaluators to look at these two teams from the perspective of the the five main positions that people build around right quarterback left tackle pass rusher cornerback and i threw in wide receiver even though i think it's a little overvalued but whatever uh and when you look at it from those positions boy it's not that close right now even if you factor in chase young because dallas has plenty of those guys too and obviously he's falling behind micah parsons right now just in terms of a head-to-head thing let alone everybody else and i think that's the thing if we're going to talk about washington as a super bowl contender at some point they're gonna have to get past dallas because dallas looks like the real deal i'm not even discussing where philadelphia is going a team that's playing well with three first round picks next year the giants that's a whole other story so washington's got a little ways to go um i need to let you go it's getting late but just lastly i guess so uh, you know we're going to be at the off season here pretty quick they need mm-hmm. to get a quarterback i think we kind of get that what's the if you can focus on that if you want or what's the, what's another thing that if you had ron rivera's ear for a minute you'd be like hey this is a thing you guys need to work on whether it's the roster coaching staff, something else, whatever it is. What's the thing that you would talk to Ron Rivera about um, if you, if you had that chance? Well, I I think it starts, everything starts at quarterback, right? And when you look at this draft class this year, you know, you got Kenny Pickett, you got Matt Corral, you have Carson Strong. um, Those are probably the top three guys. I guess you have Malik Willis. Somebody else is going to sneak in there. There's going to be four or five quarterbacks drafted in the back half of the first round. I don't know that there's a quarterback that's drafted in the top 10. Um, I don't know that if I'm Washington, I'd look at any of these guys uh, beyond a developmental project. You got to go out and get somebody or, or multiple somebodies who can compete to be the starting quarterback. Um, I don't know if that's Mitch Trubisky. I don't know if that's Nick Foles. I don't know if that's Teddy Bridgewater. Unfortunately, those are the kind of guys that you're going to be in the mix for. You're not going to make a play for Aaron Rodgers. You're not going to make a play for um, anybody else potentially who could be available, including Russell Wilson. Cause I don't believe Russell Wilson is going to be in Seattle next year. Um, I actually think I, as crazy as it sounds that Mitchell Trubisky, after spending a year in Buffalo could, could be a guy that could come in here and, and, and help you win games. Everybody always points to the quarterback position and they say, you have to have a top 10 franchise quarterback to get to the Super Bowl. Let's, let's just look back in the, in the last 10 years, Ben. Okay. Is, is Jimmy Garoppolo a true franchise quarterback? No, but San Francisco got to the Super Bowl with him. Was Jared Goff a true franchise quarterback? Nope, not anymore, but he did get to the Super Bowl. Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl with, with the Ravens. It was a tremendous defense. Peyton Manning in his final, do you know Peyton Manning, had almost twice as many interceptions in his final year in Denver as he did touchdown passes. I had totally forgotten that. Yet he was able to win a Super Bowl starting nine or 10 games that year. Brock Osweiler started five or six uh, because of that defense. So I, I don't, you're not going to, if you can't find an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson or a Josh Allen or a Dak Prescott, you got to go to that next level. And I know we're not choosing from a horn of plenty, but it's a Mitch Trubisky type guy that I would rather have as opposed to rolling the dice on one of these 
these quarterbacks coming out in the draft this year that you're going to overvalue and, and draft in the top 10, top 15 when they're, they're a second round draft pick. So that's the first thing I would do. I would target one or two guys and I'd figure out who we're going to get and how we're going to go get them. And then maybe draft another guy in the back half of the, uh, of the first round. And listen, you gotta, you gotta figure, there's a lot of contracts coming up on that defensive line too. Right. So I, in my mind, you give some serious thought to, okay, uh, Deron Payne, John Allen, maybe they can't be on the same team together, you know, long-term. Maybe we see if we can, uh, maybe see, we see if we can move, move Deron Payne and get something in return. Um, and you got to solidify, I, I just, let's bring in some playmakers. I don't care what positions they are. I don't care if it's wide receiver. I don't, I don't, I mean, the only place that I, I think you're kind of set right there's, there's two pieces on offense, right? There's Logan from, in terms of skill players, there's Logan Thomas, there's Terry McLaurin and a, Antonio's fine. I don't think Antonio is a Pro Bowl caliber player. I don't think he will be a Pro Bowl caliber player. I think you could add to that that position and, and make them better as well. There's no place you can't build, Ben, right now. Well, like every single position on both sides of the ball. It really is. It's crazy. No, and this is what makes your Mitch Trubisky take unfortunate uh, beyond the fact that people don't like Mitch Trubisky. By the way, I was going to say, because I didn't mention before, if you have any, now that you've heard that, if you have any uh, angry tweets about that, send them to at Dan Helley. I forgot to mention your <laughs> Twitter handle before. Now, uh, so like Ron Rivera preaches this a lot. When they didn't get Stafford, his 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 counter was, "Hey, uh, you, all the quarterbacks you just said, including Nick Foles with the Eagles, all these guys won. You can have build around the team and add the quarterback. The problem is they had things to build. The other stuff was good. And Washington, what's so disheartening about how the season has unfolded is all the other stuff doesn't look nearly as good as it did. If the defense was a legit top 10 defense, then the idea of adding that guy would be easier to do. If Gibson right. had been able to stay healthy this year, it would be easier to say that, et cetera, et cetera. Plus we don't even know, like Brandon Scherf has been here this year. I'm assuming he won't be here. They'll have to replace that guy. Who's, you know, one of their better players. So I, I hear you on the quarterback issue. We've talked about it. It is not an easy, it's it, 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 the, the, the landscape is such that you absolutely have to consider the Mitch Trubisky's of the world, regardless of what you think about that, because that's the reality but that's the problem. If the rest of this stuff doesn't work itself out, which it doesn't look like it's going to right now, then is that going to be enough otherwise? And that's the whole dilemma that they're going to have to figure out this off season. Yeah. And that's what it is. And I, I know nobody wants to hear it, but it's like, it's the Mitch Trubisky's it's the Andy Dalton's of the world. You're not going to convince anybody else who is a pro Bowl caliber player. If they're on the move, Right, because it's going to be Roger. You know, maybe, maybe if you're if you think you can win, maybe it's Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe you work out a deal for Jimmy. You know, Jimmy's going to be somewhere else next year. Um, he, he could be a guy that if you have a really good defense, as we've seen, he can get you to the Super Bowl. You know, I'm not going to say he's going to win you the Super Bowl, but he's been there. He's done it. He's proven that. All, all, all true. Uh, Dan, okay, so go follow Dan on Twitter at Dan Helly, H E L L I E. You already knew that, but just to just to for those of you who can't spell, or hopefully I can spell. Uh, Dan, pleasure as always. Great seeing you. Uh, I, I seeing you were I I saw Dan in person over the summer when I ran away to 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 L A for a bit, and it reminds me of those times. It feels it's, it's much darker time since then, Dan. It's been uh, <laughs> it's been quite it's been quite the year. I once again covering this team. I, I really I, I, on my phone I have a screenshot of the beach. We're right, we're right around a quarter from where I saw you. And I keep thinking, boy, how do I go back there? Because that's more fun than, than covering 56 to 14 games. Well, it'll, it'll, it'll be over soon enough, Ben. And then we'll have an entire off season <laughs> to mull over what they're going to do in the future and have people tell me how stupid I am for saying, go get uh, Mitchell Trubisky. But um, 
you know, it's, it's fun to talk about one of these days, you know, I was just looking over the last 20 years, five winning seasons in 20 years for the Washington football team. Um, it, it's, you know, listen, they're a bottom five franchise in the last two decades. Like that's just what they are. And I, I have to fight not saying what we are because I'm, it's not, it's not we it's they, but as a, as a DC area native, uh, as you are, um, you know, I, I can't wait. I pine for the day when, uh, we can, we can root for the burgundy and gold being good again. Um, I just looked at Twitter while I was look. I had your, uh, your, uh, your account up and it trending is Dan Snyder to, to your point. I don't even <laughs> know what's trending, but I can only imagine what's going on there. Uh, Dan, I definitely appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for the, uh, for the late night talk. And, uh, Anytime you want to come back and you want to vent about whatever they do, if they do or they don't get Mitchell Trubisky, you just let me know. All right, Ben. Take care, brother. Thanks for having me on, man. All right. Many thanks to Dan Helley for his time. Thanks to everybody for checking out the podcast. Uh, more to come this week. It is a, uh, you know, it's a, it's another wacky week. Uh, Philadelphia in town on Sunday. And, of course, in between that, there's a thing called New Year's. Uh, I hope everybody I'll have another podcast out. So, but nonetheless, I hope everybody has a, a safe and happy New Year, happy holidays, to, and all that. Uh, I'll officially do that in the next podcast, I guess. <laughs> um, all right, that's it for now. Ben Standick signing off. Hang in there, people. It was a, that was a rough one, but two games to go. We'll see what happens. Um, that's it for now. Ben Standick signing off. Until next time. See ya.